Good morning, Gateway Church. My name is Bin, and I send my greetings to you all the way from WA. I just want to say it is a joy to be with you here online, and thank you so much that you would want to listen to what I have to say. You know, I love your pastors, Pastor Rick, Pastor Marcy. They are good friends, and I am so grateful by the grace of God that they are in my world, and I get to call them friends, and I am so honored that I get to share the Word of God with you this day. In fact, I see Gateway Church as an extension to the family. You are family to me, and I look forward to actually seeing you in person sometimes very, very soon. Uh, Church, this morning, I want to look into the calling of Levi, the fifth disciples, and I want to show you why the calling of this particular man was a shock to the original readers and how it showed us God's love for us. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me now to Mark chapter 2, and we'll be looking from verses 13 onwards. Let me read the Word of God, verses 13 and 14. Here's the Word of God. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to Him, and He began to teach them. And as He walked along, he saw Levi, son of Ephesus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Let's stop right there. So what we see in the text is Jesus, he's doing his thing. He is preaching by the Sea of Galilee. And you notice someone in the tax collector's booth. Now, the text tells us that his name is Levi. So the very first thing we can draw from his name is that he's Jewish. Do you know why? Well, if you remember in the Old Testament, one of the 12 tribes of Israel is Levi. So this guy had a Jewish name. He's most likely Jewish. So for example, if you uh, stumbled upon a bin, that's me, a bin, uh, he's most likely from Vietnam. And that's true. My origin is Vietnamese. I mean, if you stumbled upon a Ricardo, he's probably from Spain. A, a Wazar or a Jono, most likely from Frankston, most likely from Australia somewhere. You get the point, right? That's the first thing we know about Levi, Jewish heritage. The second thing, well, we know he's a text collector because he's seated inside a text collector's booth. Now, let me say this to you. Text collectors back then, they were considered as the scum of the earth. They were despised. I mean, here's the reason why. They would take money from Jewish people, right? And hand the money over to the oppressors, to the enemies, to the Roman Empire. And they could take as much as they want, pocket some for themselves, and hand the rest to the Roman Empire. You know, they even say this. You know, these tax collectors were considered as sharks of society. They were unworthy to be witnesses in court. In fact, if a tax collector came and gave you some money, you better not take it. You know why? Taking money from a tax collector, it was considered as robbery. And check this out. You've got Levi, who is a Jew, and you have a Jew ripping off fellow Jews ripping off your fellow countrymen, and then handing the money to the enemies, to the oppressor. I mean, you cannot get any lower than that, maybe unless you're a Collingwood supporter. 
I don't know. You didn't hear that from me. Anyhow, Jesus, he comes along and he says to Levi, you follow me. Now, let me say this. That was unheard of because back then the rabbi would never initiate the discipleship program. It was always the other way around. You see, in those days, if you saw a rabbi, a master that you respected and love and want to follow, your job as the apprentice, you could apply. You could ask the master, can I follow you? Can I be one of your disciples? But right here, what do we see? Jesus, he initiates the program. He says, you come on to my team. You come follow me. And it was a scandal because no rabbi would do that. But not only that, it was a scandal because why would a rabbi call a tax collector to be one of his followers? I could imagine people saying, Jesus, are you out of your mind? Why call Levi? Out of all the people out there, why are you calling this tax collector to be one of your followers? You're crazy. Well, maybe for some of you, you know that when Levi was called as a follower, Jesus gave him another name. And his other name was Matthew. And we know Matthew because in the gospel, Matthew also wrote an account of the life and ministry of Jesus. I want to take you to what Matthew wrote about himself in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. Why don't you get your Bible and go there with me? As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the text collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Do you notice that subtle change? Levi did not use his former name. He used the name that Jesus gave him, Matthew. And do you know what Matthew means? Matthew means a gift of God. You see, Levi, the master of extortion and corruption, a taker from people, then Jesus says, no, your name is now Matthew, a gift of God, from a taker to a giver. You see, while society saw a Levi, you know, they saw a tax collector, the despised, the traitor, the unworthy, the worst of the worst, the scum of the earth. What did Jesus see? He saw a Matthew. He saw a writer, an evangelist, a disciple, a gift of God. Friends, that's the very first thing I want to teach you, that our Jesus, he sees differently. He sees you. He sees me differently. Let me say this. Some of you this morning, as you are listening to me, Maybe you see yourself as a sinner. Maybe you see yourself as a nobody, as a failure, as a waste of time. But I'm here this morning. Why I share online is that God sees you differently. Someone's inability to see your worth does not decrease your value. You are so loved by God and God sees you differently. Friends, I am here this morning 
to let you know that you can still be a blessing, that you are still a gift to this world. You can still be used by God for His glory and for the good of those around you. Do not hear the lies of the deceiver. Do not hear the lies of the enemy who says that you are a nobody, that you cannot be changed, that you cannot be used by God. You know what? The enemy, he wants you and me to see the Levite in us. He wants us to see who we were in the past, but I'm here this morning to tell you that Jesus sees a Matthew in you. He sees you as a gift of God. Just like how the world saw a young, skinny shepherd boy by the name of David, God saw a future king. Or how about the world seeing a poor Jewish girl by the name of Esther and God saw a future queen. Or remember when Peter ran away denying Jesus three times, God still saw a future leader, a pastor, an apostle. Do not let what others are saying to you. Don't hear from them. If they are calling you something that you are not, I am here to tell you, you are still a gift from God. That you are a Matthew and not a Levi. God has a plan for you. There's a purpose for you. And God can still see the good in you. And you can still be a blessing to this world. And I believe that is how Jesus sees you and me. He sees us differently. That's my very first point, that you, friends, you are still a blessing, a gift of God to this world. Well, let's continue on in verse 15. The Word of God says this, While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Now, what's going on here is that Levi, he invites Jesus over for a meal with the disciple. And there's a Greek word in here. You gotta trust me here. It's the Greek word katakaimai, which uh, in most translation, it's kind of described as to recline. Uh, but it's not the best translation because the word katakaimai simply means that you're really enjoying someone, that you are relaxed. You're comfortable. Now, for example, let's say uh, the next time I'm in Melbourne and you invite me over for a meal and I come to your place and you kind of like me and I kind of like you and I get really comfortable around you. You know what I'll do? I'll probably take off my shoes. I'll probably relax. I'll probably recline back on the the sofa and have a wonderful time. And trust me, you ain't getting rid of me because I'm going to stay there for as long as I can, right? And so the Greek word katakaimai is that word where Jesus, he is relaxing, he's reclining, and he really wants to be there. But be there with who? Well, the Bible says with other text collectors and other sinners. And these, these Pharisees, these teachers of the law, they did not like that. Look at what they said in verse 16. And when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors. They asked his disciples, Why does he, that's your master, eat with tax collectors and sinners? They're saying, Why? Your master's a rabbi. He should not be associating with these people. Don't your master know they are sinners? They're the scums of the world. And what I see in the text here, 
in my second point is that Jesus, he embraces widely. You see, not only he sees you and me differently, he also embraces us widely, regardless of where we are on the journey of following him. He accepts these people. I mean, a lot of these people would not know God. They don't know who Jesus is. But yet we see a Lord who would accept them and embraces them. I mean, Jesus does not expect any form of moral repentance or any precondition before he would love them. He loved them regardless of where they are on the journey of following God. And I guess the challenge for you and I today, brothers and sisters, is that we are to be like Jesus. We are to accept people who are different, who are away and far from God. I mean, let me ask this question, Gateway Church. Let's say someone came to your church for the very first time and that person is far from Jesus. They don't look like a typical Christian. They're not well-spoken, not sanitized. They don't have Christian knees in them. Praise the Lord. God is good. Hallelujah. They're so far from Jesus. How would you react? How would I react? Would we draw them to Jesus or push them away from Jesus? And what I see in the text is that I see a Jesus who embraces widely. He loved these people. He cared for these people, people that society rejected. But yet Jesus was so attractive that they were attracted to him because he loves them. That's why Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, he writes this, Live such good lives among the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. What Peter is saying here is that he's calling all Christians to live in such a way that it is attractive. They may not understand what you are doing or who you believe, but there's something about you that is so attractive and that you are willing to embrace them and welcome them into the fellowship. You know, I, I really pray that, you know, your lifestyle and my lifestyle would welcome people into the fellowship so that they meet the Jesus that we have come to love and follow. I really believe that um, we are called to be like Jesus here. We may not agree with their particular lifestyle, we might not agree with the way they're living out their days. But I tell you something, we are still called to love them because they too are made in the image of God. I believe we are to meet people where they are at and not necessarily where we want them to be. Be there for them. Love them. Now let me finish off with this testimony from my church last year. We have this playgroup ministry at our church every Friday morning and where we have some 70, 80 people come with their little ones. And it's a playgroup. We sing, we dance, we eat morning tea, we have coffee. And one particular lady came to me and said to me, oh, by the way, Bin, just to let you know that we've, we've moved houses and uh, we won't be coming back to this playgroup. And I said, well, that's fine. So glad that you've come for a season to Sun Life to be part of the playgroup. I wish you well. 
And then that lady said to me, by the way, I want to share you something. And I'm saying, yeah, sure, what's up, sister? And she said to me, you know, when I was moving my house, uh, someone from this church helped me move. And I said, wow, that's great. And then she said, you don't get it, pastor. I said, what do you mean? She said to me, I'm not even a Christian. I don't go to this church. I don't believe in what you believe. But yet the couple in your church, they helped me. They helped me move. They helped me take care of my little ones. Why? Why? And you know, at that point in time, I started crying. She started crying. And I said to her, sister, I want you to know is that we love you. We love you unconditionally. There's no condition here. Even if you don't know God or if you know God, we love you. And I said to her, what you shared with me was definitely the highlight of my week. That someone from this church would give up their day to help you and your family move. You know why, sister? Because Jesus first loved us. And I want to encourage you, Gateway Church, that like Jesus, who loved and embraced people widely, we are to do that as well. Especially those who are far from God. That there's a calling for you and for me to be like Jesus. So I leave it there this morning with two things to consider when Jesus called Levi as one of his followers. Number one, Jesus sees differently. And number two, Jesus embraces widely. And may God bless you, Gateway Church, to keep those things close to heart as you keep following Jesus. And may your life bring glory to God and good to those around you. Let me pray for you as we conclude. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day that we get to study your word together, be encouraged with your word, and thank you for showing us the way that we ought to live, like how our Lord Jesus would see Levi differently. Thank you that you see us differently, that you can still use us, that we can still be a blessing, a gift to this world. And thank you for reminding us how Jesus would embrace those that are far from Him. And may you help us, my brothers and sisters at Gateway Church, to be like Jesus, to embrace those far from you. Will you help us all? Would you bless us this day? Thank you so much for your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Gateway. God bless you. And I look forward to seeing you one day in person very, very soon. Bye-bye. Bye for now.